brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter how religious you are, how rightful with God are you, you will be tested. And before we get into Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 to 28, we need to go back into prophet Jeremiah that predicted that the children of Israel are going to be taken into exile by King Nebuchadnezzar because of the unfaithful way to God. He also said they would be there for 70 years. And he also predicted that if you go willingly with Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to take care of you. But if you run, you will die by the sword. Daniel, Azariah, Mishael, and Azariah, those are four of those children of Israel that went willingly. These are not the only people that were saved by God, but these are just the chosen ones. When they go to Babylon, which is now the country of Iraq, Nebuchadnezzar said to his people, he said, well, find some of these uh, Jew, uh, Jewish people, some of them that were intelligent, understanding, with flair in literature and all that stuff. So these four people were chosen. Again, Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They went into the they went into training and they named them, they give them a different name. Daniel was given the name of Belchizer, Ananiah was given Chedrach, Mishael was given Meshach, and Azariah was given Abednego. So for the rest of this story, I'm going to be using the Babylonian name, Shadrach, Meshach, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are the names. When they got over there, these four kids, Daniel is probably the oldest at that time. They were in group. And there is one thing that is very common among them, and that is they prayed. They prayed. And as you are going to say in chapter 6, towards the end, that is how they were able to get Daniel, because he prayed. And no matter any human being, no matter whatever the phantom against you, if you are fervent, if you are disciplined in your ways to God, it will see you through. Test number one. They went into training. They passed that training with flying color. And they took them, they took all these four people to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, yeah, they are, they are pretty good. And King Nebuchadnezzar also in, interviewed these people and said he found them to be ten times better than the people in his own province. So he brought them in as official of the, of the king. No sooner do they do that, there comes the test number one. The king mentioned to his old 
magician, satrap, and all that stuff. Tell me my dream. No one could. And King said, if you don't, I'm going to have you all killed. But this time around, remember, all these four people, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are already in the king's upper echelon. So they are part of those that will be killed. So the four of them got together and prayed to God and said, God of heaven, you brought us here. You need to show us what this king is looking for. So on the day they were going to be killed, Daniel said, give us 48 hours. And we're going to pray to our God and see if it will give us the meaning of the dream. Now, it is one thing to dream and for somebody to interpret the dream. What the king is requesting has never been done. For you to just say, well, tell me what I dream about. It's never been done. But they prayed, and God showed exactly what that dream was. So when Nebuchadnezzar asked them, I said, well, go kill them. Diana raised up his hand and said, we will. I will interpret that dream for you. And went in there, told the king exactly what he dreamt, and he interpreted that same dream. Guess what? He got promoted. That is why your enemy is going to start building up. When you are a little bit better than others, then you start having enemies instead of having friends. 120 of those satrap, magician, and all that stuff are supposed to be killed. But Daniel came in and saved them. You would think that at least some of these people will say, I need to know what kind of God that you're serving. But no. The only thing in their head is that, what is this slave guy doing and think is better than us? Test number two. The king had a dream. He told them the dream. None of those satrap or whatever you want to call them could interpret the same dream. Now they have to call Daniel. And Daniel again interpreted that dream. Now you can see these people, they are now sitting, they are now very angry. How come you are going to be the one that will steal the show? You, are, you just came. You are just from foreign land. Who do you think you are? It's building. The anger is building. The jealousy is building. And finally, during the time of King Darius, Daniel, you know, King Darius said he had a dream. He couldn't find anyone to interpret that dream. The wife came in and said, why are you bothering yourself? You have somebody in house here, Daniel, that can interpret the same dream for you. Call him. And when they brought Daniel in, you know, King Darius said, I will give you this, I will give you that, I will give you all that stuff. 
if you can interpret the dream for me, you see how bold Daniel is. He said, you can keep your stuff. I am not interested in your stuff, but I will interpret that dream. And that brought us to this particular chapter, chapter 6. Now the people that are working, before I go, there are about 120 of those people, satrap. And King Darius says, I want to, you know, get 120 people with three administrators. But Daniel is going to be the head of them. That really just blew everything up. There is no way a foreigner will be on my head. There is no way someone from exile or a slave will be over me. So they plot together. How are we going to get this guy? What is it that we can do to get him? And some of them said, there is no way. The only way you can get him is to get him through his God. And before now, we know that Daniel prayed three times a day. Morning, afternoon, and in the evening. So all of them went to the king and said, King, we want you to make a, a decree that no one should pay, pray to any god except you. And whoever does pray to any other god but you should be thrown into the lion's den. Now, King Darius knows. He's so fond of, you know, Daniel. He really likes him. But what he didn't know is that these people already come together to go against him. But he didn't know it was, they, it was Daniel. He signed that decree. And when the king put a signet, uh, uh, um, ring on a decree, it can never be changed. And that is where Daniel found himself. Daniel knew that the decree has been signed. He did what he always does. Went over to the top of his house, looking straight to Jerusalem, and prayed. At this time, all those people that are looking for him to fail, they were standing right there. They said, we got him. We got him. So they went over to the king, and the king says, oh, my God, no, 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 no. Because he couldn't change it. Finally, the king said, okay. They threw him in the lion's den. The king that threw him to the lion's den couldn't himself sleep. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. He couldn't sleep because he said, what have I done? Very early the following morning, he went straight over there. Shouting from way out, Daniel, are you alive? And Daniel said, yes, I'm here. <laughs> you know, I'm here. My God sent his angel to, to, to save me. And they said, oh, thank Jesus. <laughs> so they opened the door and they brought Daniel out. It was at that point that the king realized that all of these people conspire 
to get Daniel in trouble. And that is when the king said, okay, all of these people, their family, their children, their wife should be thrown into that lion's den. So you see, in our life, there is nothing you can do that will preclude you from having troubles. But if we believe, as Daniel believed, that trouble will not harm you. And it's only through prayer and supplications. One of the reasons that I brought up is jealousy and anger. These people were so jealous of him and so angry with him that the only thing they see is we're going to kill him. But they forgot the God that actually brought him there, that is actually with him. The same thing in our life. You buy a new car, people are jealous. You wear a new clothes, they'll be saying, who the hell does she think she is? That is life. But if you're wasting your time to answer them, then you just fall into their trap. Do exactly what you've been doing before you get that thing and continue to pray. And that is what Daniel does. Three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening, he prayed. And we should be doing the same. Because enemy is on every side. Whether you are doing good, they are there. If you are doing bad, they say, we got him. But tough, tough time doesn't last. Tough people does. If you are consistent and eager in your way with God, it will take care of you. Number two, courage. We see that Daniel is very courageous. He started building from the beginning. It, when he first started with Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't know where he was. He was just saying, I can do this. By the time that he got into King Darius, he was bold as bold can be. And he was courageous as courageous can be. He told the king, keep your gift, but I will interpret it for you. Ordinarily, any person that talks to the king that way, it's a death sentence. But he doesn't care. He was so bold. He was so courageous. And we should also be courageous in our dealings. If you believe in the God that you serve, you don't need to hide it. And everybody knows. Even if it's going to take your life, so be it. You will see that I didn't mention the trials that Shadrach, uh, Michelle, and Abednego went through. I didn't mention that. Uh, my concentration is on Daniel. But they are all in the same format, that is praying. They all pray. Courage is doing something that is difficult. But you are convinced that that is the way I should go. Everyone may say, you know, you can join the crowd and say, well, if I do this, I'll be fine. When the decree was made that nobody should pray to any god except King Darius, Darius could have done one or two things. 
go along and start praying to King Darius or close his windows from where he's praying so that nobody will see him that he's praying. He could have done either of those. But he said, no. I'm going to pray to my God and whatever the consequences is, I will take it. He didn't shy away from it and we should not shy away from whatever it is that we believe. If you believe in this God that we serve while we are here, there's no reason for us to, to shy away. You know, people will say in a difficult situation, in a difficult time, people may ask you, where's your God? You just smile at them, my God is alive and well. It, you know, it may be difficult, but it is what it is. It is the God that we serve. Number three, Daniel discipline. Daniel is very, very disciplined. We know that whatever he does, three times a day, he prayed. Three times a day, he prayed. Morning, afternoon, and at night, he prayed. And, as, and I think we should come up with the same discipline to discipline ourselves that I'm not saying three times a day, but there is nothing wrong with us doing the three times a day prayer. And when we do pray, and you have any issues, give it to God. This, you know, whatever you pray for, hand it over to him. Because you know you can't do it yourself. But when we are in trouble, we go to bed at night giving the, all our problems to God. But guess what? We pick it back up in the morning. God is not going to fight you with it. He will give it right back to you until you are ready to completely hand it over to him and just say thank you. Knowing fully well that is whatever it is that you are praying for, that is done. It may not happen immediately, but you know it will happen. That it will resolve whatever problem that you have brought to him. Don't pick it up in the morning. Give it over to him. Now, the other thing I want to tell you, the next item is Daniel defiance. Now, we know. When you read this Daniel from chapter 1 to 5, you will see it was just happy-go-lucky. Whatever it is that they want, you go with it. But when it goes to the chapter 6, it was very defiant. He didn't care. It was so bold. It was so defiant that whatever may come, let it come. That is the depth of his belief in the God that he served. That even if he killed me, just like um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said when they were throwing them in the um, in fire, King, we don't care to serve your God. We believe that our God will save us. Even if he doesn't, we will still not serve your God. But Daniel is a little bit further than that. Anything, any one of those satraps or whatever, where they say, they just look at them and say, you talking to me? Oh, not you. Because now Daniel is way above all of those people. It's not the third in command. And he was supposed to be the administrator of the whole land of Babylon. So you see, there is no one that has the God 
to even approach him and say, why do you do this? Except the king. And everything that Daniel does is okay with, with the king. In our life, just like I said, when God holds you by the hand, you can't fail. You will see a lot of people talking to you and say, you're going to do it like this? You're going to do it like that? You know, you may be a standout that you are the only one that is doing it differently than everybody else. Do that. Because you know the goal that you serve. And regardless of whatever the situation, it will protect you. But if you are wishy-washy, God will just leave you alone until you are ready to come to your senses and said, I am the only one that I am. The next item I have is faith. You know, um, Jesus said that if you have a faith like a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to move, and that mountain will move. Daniel has that. He didn't have to speak it. He didn't have to say anything. But all of these people that were after his life, do they move or not? They do move because of his faith. Because of his faith, everyone that is going after his life, they all perish. Because of his faith and trust in God, God gave him even more than he thinks he can do. Boldness, courage, and everything else. But remember, jealousy is a disease. And you need to catch it on time, otherwise it will kill you. That is exactly, for me, that is what I take out of Daniel chapter 6. If you have anyone being jealous of you, leave them. Sooner it will grow into anger. And when it goes into anger, it goes into death. Because everything overcrowds their, uh, their mind that they can't think straight. The only thing in their head is how we are going to defeat this person. Sometimes anger gives you a headache. Unfortunately, the, the kind of a headache that they have, you can't buy any you know, anything over the counter. You have to have a prescription. And if that is not enough, they will still be coming at you. Just look at them and say, I have nothing to deal with you about. Take it to God. Leave it there and see what God does. And lastly, the personal, our own personal experience with God. We come here every Sunday as a community, but it's a little bit beyond that. It is your own personal relationship with God. How do you deal with me? Do you really know this God that we pray to? Do you actually know him? We can't stay here all night long and don't have a relationship. Then you are wasting your time. Go find some other religion. You need to have a strong personal relationship with God. Let him know. Get angry as Job get angry. 
You remember if you read the book of Job, he was very angry with God. Do this. Yeah, I need to talk to you. I need to do this. Why are you doing this to me? Yes, those are the kind of personal relationship that we need to have with our God. He may smack you, but then when he does, you know that you got his attention. And if you do what you're supposed to do, pray, pray, and pray. You will see all of your problems answered. Brothers and sisters, before I finish, the only thing I want to say is that nothing, nothing and nothing, nothing, nothing else surpasses prayer. If you sincerely pray, not the prayer that we do here, your personal prayer daily with God, reading the, reading the word, then when you read the word, you know exactly what he's saying. And when you pray to him, you know exactly what your prayer point should be. Then you can be confident in life that says, okay, whatever comes, it's okay. I can deal with it. I'm not, st- I'm not standing here to say that everything will be fine. No. Like I said earlier, you will go through troubles. But, but that trouble that you are going through is a test. And you have to pass that test. All of us have to pass that test. And the only way to pass the test is to plead, beg, get on your knees, pray, and you will be surprised how he does it. You don't have to know how he does it, but you know, you don't know who it is, but you know who is going to do it, and that is God. I don't know how, but I know who. That's all, that is all you should be in our prayer. That God will do, regardless of whatever situation we find ourselves. We may say this is impossible. Yeah, to you it is. But to him, looking up from above, it's a piece of cake. So, in everything that we do, I said, let's put God first and everything else second. Thank you.